Ah, beloved, I'm Pastor Trey, and you're now listening to the New Living Translation. This is Bonafide Bible Talk, because God speaks my language too, and I'm sure enough about to act like it. Let's go. Man, I ain't going to lie to you. It's hard being a Christian sometimes. And I don't mean that in like the persecution sense. I am in the United States of America. I am a male. I am a heterosexual. Pretty much I am fit most of the demographics that makes it easier to be a Christian than most of the people on the planet. Like I'm, I'm doing all right in that regard. But when I say it's hard to be a Christian, I mean... There's certain times when the people I find myself surrounded by make it difficult for me uh, to hold on to some of these mores, to cling to some of my convictions, because if I'm being all the way honest, sometimes I feel like it'd be easier to chuck this stuff to the wind and just go out here and wild out. But on the flip side, there are people around the world who find their lives in genuine danger for uh, professing to be Christians. They're are all sorts of difficulties in this walk and these difficulties look different for different people and for different reasons but i found some sort of consolation in the fact that this is not a new aspect of this life of faith that ever since any sort of christian history has been documented there have been troubles there has been difficulty in people walking out this thing called faith in jesus of nazareth in fact, we start to see this pop up in the Bible itself. In the New Testament, we got these stories told through the four Gospels. And then there's the book of Acts. And then there's this giant section of letters written around the early Christian world, um, trying to encourage, trying to inform, trying to educate, trying to affirm this first generation of believers. And we start to see some interesting things happen there. So today, I want to hop into a letter written by James, who uh, many traditions hold is uh, one of the first, if not the first leader of the church in Jerusalem. And many people uh, suggest that this was, in fact, the biological half-brother of Jesus of Nazareth. There's a bit of disagreement on that exact point. But here we have um, an early member of the church, at the very least, an early leader of the church, based upon the fact that uh, this particular writing was esteemed as scripture and authoritative enough to be canonized. We have him writing to this early group of believers, and he has a whole lot to say about how it is we ought to be comporting ourselves, how it is we ought to be clinging to our convictions, how it is that we ought to view whatever difficulties identifying as a follower of Jesus might bring our way. Now, there's a lot of different applications based upon where you might find yourself in the world and where you might find yourself socially. But I think that James was doing some real straight talking in this letter, in this epistle. And it resonated with me because it almost felt like, all right, I'll give you an example. I help coach uh, my kids' uh, rec league basketball team. And every now and then when I saw things was getting a little hectic and they looked disheveled, I would call a timeout. We would gather them in and I would remind them of all of the things that we had practiced, all of the things that we had determined to do in this game. And we would sit there in this huddle and then we would break and send them back onto the court to see 
how we would execute this thing. And this seemed like a real timeout type of letter. Like James was trying to gather his folks. As a matter of fact, this is one of them get your people type letters. Now, I don't know if you know what a get your people situation is, but um, I believe in communal accountability. And when you see for a while and every now and then you got to call an in-house meeting, you got to call a powwow, a huddle, and you got to get your people. And James lays out a lot of that get your people ethic in this letter. And in a lot of the New Testament epistles do the same thing. But without much further ado, without too much more me chit-chatting, we're going to have some bona fide Bible talk about James chapter 1. It's James, slave for God and for the top man Jesus. It's for the 12 tribes scattered wherever you at. Sup, my people, whenever you find yourself in some mess, look at it like a cause for celebration. Because every time your faith gets tested, it's going to make you stronger. And once you have full strength, you don't need nothing else. Now, if it's wisdom you need, ask God. God's been generous. There ain't nothing wrong with asking. But make sure you ask it in faith. Because if you don't trust that God got what you need, you're liable to get shook up like a ripple in a hurricane. You can't expect God to get nothing to you if you shook like that. If you got two minds for everything, you ain't stable in nothing. The one who down and out, though, that's who God trying to lift up. So they got something to boast about. But if you on easy street now, celebrate that humble pie coming your way. Because all that withers away like grass in the desert heat. Sun goes up and the grass dries out. Flowers wilt and droop. And that's what happens to all the stuff rich folks be proud of. So it's the ones who make it through the trials that God blesses. It's a crown waiting for you. Especially promised to everyone that longs for God. And when it gets tough out here for you, remember not to blame all that on God. Because God can't do wrong by you. So God don't be out here putting people through it. But you can end up in a whole heap of mess chasing after what everyone else got. You want what everyone else got? It's how you end up on that sin train. And that ride's only destination is the dead place. So don't fall for the okie doke, beloved. Everything good and perfect comes from God. The one whose being is light. So there's no shifting shadow. No filters, no tricks. God wanted it this way. That by God's own truth, we'd be the ones to model what holy sacrifice looked like for all creation. So here it is, beloved. Be in a hurry to listen. Be slow to speak, though. And be slow to get angry. Because the anger inside of you ain't gonna produce the justice of God. Steering clear of all that evil and grimy stuff in the world around you, gently welcome God's truth inside of you. Because that's going to save your soul. But you can't just hear that truth. You got to live it. Otherwise, you lying to yourself. If you hear the truth and don't live it, it's like looking in the mirror, taking a glance at your reflection, walking away, and immediately forgetting what you look like. But if you look into that mirror... That truth of God is liberating. And if you don't just hear it, but you live it, 
then God will bring peace to your soul. Yo, let me keep it funky with you. James started this letter off on the wrong note for me, personally. Like, I'm not all the way jiggy with the whole, I'm going to glorify or sanctify your trials and tribulations. I don't like taking the messiest situations that people find themselves in and trying to ascribe some sort of holy meaning to it. Sometimes it seems a little cruel to me. I am more of the vein and when you're going through it, let's just sit there and acknowledge the reality of what you are going through. That's me personally. But when I sit there and I dive into what James is dealing with, it starts to make a little bit more sense to me. Because we're talking about a man who is charged with writing to a people who are dealing with being under the thumb of empire, being under the thumb of a Roman empire that's not too keen on letting them define who they are or who they get to be and what that looks like for them. And if I'm being honest, I understand. Like if I would have put myself in even sort of a similar situation, if I were to draw some sort of analogy, yeah, my life would be way easier if I just accepted whatever American mythologies were sold to me under the guise of true history as opposed to whatever boogeyman construct of critical race theory or critical theory we got going through whichever little raggedy state houses we got out there right now. Yeah, sometimes it'd be easier to just go with the flow. But James has to call a quick timeout. James has to get his people. James has to remind them that no, beloved, we have agreed to live by the truth. Yes, we recognize what the people would rather see us do. We recognize that they would have us deny everything that we stand for. We recognize that they have a perverted sense of what right is and what success looks like and who the true authority is and how things ought to be designed and structured. We recognize that they have all of these ideas already set in stone, but that is not who we are. And so he says that the testing of your faith brings endurance. He says that when everything that we believe in and that we are trusting God for is tested and pressed up against it, we build the endurance necessary to truly live in this society that is against everything that we are for. He says that when that is tested, it brings about endurance and we should celebrate that. We should call that a, an opportunity for great joy and I still don't like that but I recognize how real it is because if you ask me what I see James doing here is trying to build beauty from ashes it says yes I recognize that life might not be easy for you right now I recognize that what we believe and who we claim to be might make things a little bit more difficult for you sometimes but James says, if we stick to the plan, if we stick to the playbook, then there is yet cause for celebration that we are still operating from a place of pride and dignity. And so in this get your people letter, James says, remember who we are. Fix your mind on God. The God that we affirm and assert is the creator of the heavens and the earth. James reminds us that if you Blow with the wind. If you're wishy-washy about this, then you will fall for anything. James says that, yes, I understand that everything out there looks more appetizing than the entree that you're currently being served, that everybody else's lot looks a bit better than yours. 
But James says that stuff doesn't last. He almost goes as far as suggesting that that stuff is fool's gold. And so he says that that stuff is like grass that withers when the scorching sun comes. But because we have placed our faith and our trust in the God who is light God's self, the God whose very essence is light, who doesn't cast the shifting shadow, the God who doesn't give us things that wither away. When we place our trust in that God, then we will be exalted. And James reminds us that it may not look too good for us right now, that we might not have uh, the fattest accounts at the moment, that we might not be the envy of everybody's eyes, but because we have trusted in the eternal, in the God who is love, when we focus on that God, that's when our endurance is built. And when that endurance comes, when we find ourselves at full strength, we will lack nothing. Because that strength, that endurance was built on trusting the faithfulness of God. And so let this short podcast episode serve as a timeout for us. A get your people moment where we reaffirm the fact that what it looks like right now ain't always all there is to it. And my prayer is that we wouldn't just hear this truth, but that we might live it out. God, give us ears to hear your voice, eyes to see your hand, and a spirit to live your truth. Amen. Translation is a production of Three Black Men, the podcast about theology, culture, and the world around us. You can follow us on Twitter at Three Black Men. That's the number three, not spelled out, black men. You can find me on all social media platforms at Pastor Trey 05. That's Pastor Trey 05. Don't send me no Facebook requests, though. Like, I don't be over there. That's the bad place. This work has been made possible by a community of folks who've chosen to show their support through generosity. You can join us at patreon.com slash three black men. Spell three out that time, though. Patreon.com slash three black men. There you can find even more original content from Sam, Rob, and yours truly. Make sure you subscribe to, rate, and review the New Living Translation and Three Black Men wherever you get your podcast. And remember, real recognize real. Don't get caught looking unfamiliar.